how do you open source development and monetize at the same time? You create an ability for anybody to build apps. You call it GPTs. You then have an app store that's the GPT store and you take a 30% rake on everything. How much more successful would you be if you had lunch once a week with insanely successful entrepreneurs who share their biggest secrets on how they think and achieve success? Grab your seat at the table because this is Business Lunch with Roland Frazier and Ryan Dice. Welcome to another episode of Business Lunch. And today's a snackable episode with Roland where he's going to get into some more tactical strategies that you can start using to live a rich and happy life. If this is the first snackable episode you're hearing, I'd encourage you to go back and listen to some of the other episodes that Roland has put out. And if you want to get notified every time we release a new episode, go to the new businesslunchpodcast.com website and we'll send you detailed notes along with every episode. That's businesslunchpodcast.com, www.businesslunchpodcast.com, and you can sign up for the free email newsletter where you'll be able to get all the highlights and resources from the episodes. Hey, everybody, Roland Frazier and Ryan Dice here with another episode of the Business Lunch Podcast, where we basically give you a seat at the table to see all of the things that we would normally be chatting about if we met for lunch. Ryan, how are you doing today? I'm doing exceptionally well. I enjoyed, we got to hang out a lot this last week. Uh, while we were, uh, for those of you who don't know, we we had partnered up with uh, Damon John from ABC Shark Tank uh, to run uh, the Rise Nation Mastermind. It's a great, great mastermind of uh, really incredible entrepreneurs. And uh, we were in Miami, which admittedly, neither of us really wanted to go to. Nothing particularly against Miami. It's just that for you, it's very far away. Yeah. Um, and for me, it's like, I'm not a Miami guy. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm like a dad joke guy. I feel like I don't belong in Miami. Like I get there and everybody's like, you don't belong here. I revert back to, you know, junior high and I'm the kid who's like, can I sit here? And everybody's like, no nerd leave. But we had a great time. Uh, my own kind of personal, you know, issues aside. Um, I think part of it though, is like, like for me, I mean, I'm ripped. I, I like to kind of take, you know, put on the speedo and walk down the beach and, you know, yeah. flex and, you know, it's, for those of us who are exceptionally buff, I think that it's a, um, you know, it's kind of the perfect place to be. That's so if it wasn't so far, I'd be there all the time as I yeah. think what I'm saying. Just to show off. Uh, yeah. yeah. You know, yeah. show off the guns. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so right there with you, uh, for those of you who are watching, who are listening to this and not watching it on YouTube, uh, just have a mental picture um, that uh, of that, that is definitely not true. No, but it was great. But while we were gone, um, you know, we're in the room, we're, we're hanging out you know, sharing, learning from other entrepreneurs. While we were in the room though, OpenAI had a pretty important uh, developer day meeting. And I just wanted to get your take on what, what what were some of your big takeaways from it? It seemed like it was kind of a big deal. It seemed like uh, they're from a feature set perspective, a lot of new features added. So I, I want to know, there's kind of two ways that I want to approach this. Number one, what does it mean for entrepreneurs, for small business owners who are looking to be AI companies? you know, who want to build on the back of it. I think maybe there's some discussions there. Before we get to that, can you just kind of hit some of the high points of, of maybe what what was announced at this uh, OpenAI developer day? There were, there were a lot of um, just kind of, and, and it runs together because they announced so many things so quick. So just kind of talking about some of the features that are new now that um, that are game changers. One is the ability to upload effectively 300 pages of content. And uh, the only recently were you able to upload anything at all. It was kind of limited 
Um, but now you can upload um, significantly larger amounts of data, which is pretty cool in many forms from pictures to Excel files to, um, you know, to, to CSV files and, and, and spreadsheets and PDFs and things like that. So that's, so what are the implications of that? Like, it, what does that, just, what does that mean I can do now that I couldn't do before? Yeah. So it, it means that you now can have a larger reference set for the AI to look at, to summarize, to have as data that is its specialized focus right now. So like when we assign a role, uh, which is a good prompting technique, and we say, we tell the AI, hey, from the billions of possible things that you could be doing and answering questions about, we want you to act in this role. That that really helps narrow it down, helps you get better information because now it's like, okay, you are a copywriter. You are a um, you know, uh, trainer of NFL uh, pros specializing in passing, right? Then it's going to say, okay, contextually, I'm going to look at this part of the database that has all of that in it, all the things that it was trained on. But we can then also say um, that would be generalized kind of what's out there stuff. And it would have had to have already been trained on it because it's not currently 100% up to date, even though it can now go out to probably the best search engine ever invented, Bing, and uh, and find data that is completely not helpful. So um, what you can do that changes that now is you could basically have your own 50, 100, 200, 300 page book document training data set that then enhances the data that's already being queried and adds additional context to whatever answers you're going to get. So for us, like what we did was we uploaded uh, scripts for how you talk to a potential seller of a business, including specific objection handling techniques and things like that. And so it can draw on its general knowledge of how do you handle objections? And, you know, I've given it a role of a business, business acquisitions, <laughs> M&A expert. But, um, but then when I add the extra data and I have a lot of room to do that, I can get entire scripts so that now it can act as a coach to help advise us or somebody we're training on how would you handle one of these calls? How would you handle a customer service call? How would you handle a sales call? You know, that, that would be just one application of it so it's just really, a, I think, as much as anything, it's a data enhancement type thing. In terms of summarizing data, I've seen a couple of studies that came, I think, out of Stanford and a couple other places where they said that larger contextualized data uh, availability like this typically has what they call a fall off in the middle uh, so that it pays attention to the first part of the data set and the last part of the data set, but kind of like skips over the messy middle. And so it may actually give you incorrect data. You know, it's, it's, it's still, they're working <clears> on this. Like it, the data accuracy dropped dramatically, like dramatically in the middle and then came back at the end. So I'd be careful about it. Like I'd put some, some checks and balances on it. That was a big one. The other thing that, um, that I was probably uh, most excited about, well, nah, there were two things I was most excited about. One was uh, feature-based and that was, it, it literally happened in between presenting in Miami on the thing I just talked about and trying to present it on our group coaching call for our AI program. They changed the interface and they gave us access and they did it to all of us that were on the call at the same time. They gave us uh, an integrated access to chat GPT. So now we don't have to choose. Before you had to choose, do I want it to be able to access Dolly 3? 
Do I want it to be able to access a program? Do I want it to be able to access the amazing powers of Bing? Uh, or do I want it to um, have ADA, which used to be, uh, I think that's advanced data uh, anal analysis, which used to be called the code interpreter, which is the ability to upload stuff. But now we can actually, they integrated all of those things. And so if we want to have it access the internet, upload data and re refer to it and also draw pictures, it will do it all without having to switch. You used to not be able to do that without starting a new chat that was enabled with that particular plugin. So I thought that was interesting. Um, and then the thing that, uh, and, and by the way, that ability to upload that amount of data, um, I, I was just looking at uh, a YouTube video. It says open AI just killed 99% of AI startups and AI automation agencies. And then there was another one right before that that said a, uh, open AI just completely destroyed my $50 million startup. It's like, so by doing all of the, <laughs> these features that everybody wanted that they were kind of, you know, uh, uh, creating workarounds for while OpenAI was, was getting some of the stuff dialed in, um, they're, they're obliterating those startups. Uh, and that's one of the things I thought would be fun for us to talk about today. The other thing that they announced to me is why I would absolutely buy AI, uh, open AI stock, even if it was uh, crazy overpriced, which it would be. And that is that um, they announced that they're going to roll out the ability to do, well, actually it is now there, the ability to do what they call GPTs. And even though that's confusing, GPTs are basically apps. So the, they're little things that they've got a GPT builder that allows you to build your own functional apps within the AI on OpenAI. And um, and it's pretty good. I've I've gone through a couple of them. Um, it's it's pretty good to work with, and effectively, it it's democratizing software development for people that can say in plain English what they want to have happen. And then OpenAI will go out, and uh, it can access separate schema, which would be more programming oriented, or just kind of do what you need it to do pretty quick, or or create code to do what you need to do. And then those apps that people are building. OpenAI is launching, apparently later this uh, month, um, they're launching a app store or a GPT store, which is modeled after Apple. I believe they're going to take 30% of sales for themselves. And then it'll be a place where all kinds of new development is going to happen. So how do you open source development and monetize at the same time? You create an ability for anybody to build apps. You call it GPTs. You then have an app store that's the GPT store and you take a 30% rake on everything. It, it seems pretty smart. And I that's going to probably crush anybody else in terms of they're the first to do it. And they're, you know, still leaps and bounds ahead of everybody else. So to me, like it's a, it's a very, very big deal. The things that they announced and, and, and just was a tsunami of obliteration for all of these you know, wannabe startups or, or startups that weren't wannabes that, that had these little workarounds and stuff like that. And they were charging people for, but ultimately that's a pretty big risk, right? Yeah. So let's, I want to tie there's there's a couple of different directions I want to go with this because I'm, I'm really fascinated in this as well. Um, I want to come back to, if you're, if you're okay with the business model of open AI and what that means for other companies that want to plug into it, and also the lessons that people can learn in terms of building on top of other people's platforms. I think there's a lot of really good lessons to be learned, you know, in that. But before we go down that, because I know that's going to be a pretty long, a pretty deep uh, rabbit hole, 
I'm just like, as you're saying all these things, I'm thinking I'm a reasonably technical guy, you know, and I'm, I'm, I can dive in and I can figure out a lot of stuff. I think one of the things that you and I kind of bonded over early on and, you know, our relationship was we kind of would both geek out on SEO type stuff, which yep. definitely has its own technical kind of thing. So I'm not afraid of any of this stuff. And I'm also not old dog, unwilling to learn new tricks, but it seems like one, there's some complexities here because AI at the end of the day is software, Yep. right? The best AI, the people who are the best at AI are the best at prompt engineering, which really is coding. Mm -hmm. uh, if we're being honest, like, so that, that could be intimidating. Um, and not everybody's brain even just thinks that way, but let, let's say I'm, I'm willing to dip my toe in that water. It's changing so freaking fast that keeping up is nearly impossible. Mm -hmm. So I'm a business, I'm, you know, Joe's, you know, plumbing, or I've got, um, a, you know, an IT consulting company, something like that. Well, do I just need to, is it time just to hire an AI specialist in the company? Somebody who like their entire job is just to kind of run AI. Like I, it, it almost reminds me, you remember back in the day, early days of the internet, there was this role called a webmaster. Yep. Do you remember the webmaster role? I do. I do. Which is a stupid name, but it's like this idea of like, okay, your job is to be a master of all things web, worldwide web. Are we looking for like an AI master? Is that is that a role that companies need to be hiring for? Uh, it, it's a great question. I would say it would depend on the size and type of your company. I think if you're Apple, you're left behind if you don't do it. And they're buying uh, AI chips and building their AI team because they said, you know, I, I think Cook said even that they got caught flat footed on on it a little bit. Um, I think Google got caught flat footed on it. If you, you know, they, they were like, yeah, hey, we're just, you know, we got this A style stuff and we're developing it and, you know, and someday we might come out with it and then open AI is like, yeah, here it is. And then Google's like, Whoa, you know, we, you don't yeah, need what to, happened, people what aren't even searching Apple. on Google anymore. Holy crap. You know, right. Yeah. Who, who would have thought that? Yeah. What happened to AI and, and Google, I'm sorry, what happened to Google and, uh, and Apple in terms of missing AI is similar to what happened with Microsoft and missing like the internet. Yeah. You know, and Google and missing social. Like yeah. if you're Google, you're like, God dang, we got one of these things right and have missed every other major thing. But like, but let's say for those big companies, it's table stakes. They got to do it. Yeah. Like, and and even, you know, any company that's technical, let's assume that they're going to make a play in it. What about Yeah, because you mentioned IT. So like you said, IT and plumbing. And I would say IT, you got to have, you, you, you got to get up to speed. If you're IT, you got to get up to speed. If you're plumbing, then... I think you can wait. I think that it would be smart to, uh, but, but, you know, but I've seen a lot of, uh, of plumbing businesses and you have too, and we have a whole company called scalable that like looks at those companies as they're like completely lost as <laughs> like, I don't have a customer list. <laughs> you should yeah. get your customer list into a CRM. That would be what I would say. So like, if you've <laughs> got, if you've got those things done, then, um, then yeah, you could benefit from this. But I believe that it's kind of to me like the internet. And so when the internet came out, there were early adopters and there were people that kind of waited to see. And I'm not sure how damaged non-tech companies were by waiting to see. And so uh, it, it was kind of like you had to have a website, but there's still plenty of people that don't have websites and do just fine. So, um, so I don't believe it would be a panic. We should all go out and hire prompt engineers at $300,000 a year or AI specialists, because most of them are not specialists anyway. And, um, and really as we've delved deeper and deeper into prompting, it's, 
it, it is very code-like. You're going to get to that if you're going to be building your own stuff, but there's so much stuff that other people will be building. And as these apps come out, it's kind of like, should I learn how to program and build an app to have an app for my business that does a function that I want? I would say no. And, you know, we've hired independent app companies. We've programmed and built apps ourselves. And um, I, I, I would not spend any time learning how to program an app if I wasn't just curious about it. I'd say the same thing about GPTs. I wouldn't go out of my way to hire somebody on my team before I knew what the use cases that I wanted was because it's likely if you wait 90 days that there'll be so many apps that you don't know what to do with. And then you'll be able to look at the rating system and see which ones are good. And then that's the one you'll get that does the thing that you want to accomplish. So what um, about, what about somebody in the company though, that's like, you know, we, and we talked about this, this, you know, there was this whole digital transformation, you know, movement where it's, we need to have people come in who are just going to tell us about all these amazing technologies. Like for example, you know, Hey Bob, you no longer have to actually type out a memo, hit print, put it in a yellow envelope, give it to Sandy, and then Sandy's going to walk it down the hall to Jim, and Jim's going to open it, and he's going to respond and put it in this like tube, and it's going to be full. Like you can now send this thing called an email. Yeah. Right. There were roles, entire consulting industries created around this concept of, of digital transformation. Yeah. What about, you know, should companies, even if they are a plumber, because I'm sure there's productivity gains to be made by, their teams and people doing these things. Is it at a point where we should, you know, different small businesses should be looking at hiring a consultant to AIify their business or maybe bring in, again, the webmaster, you know, this person who is going to help to say like, oh, here's all the stuff we could be doing. Or yeah. are you saying for most companies, unless you're tech, you're probably okay just to chill for a little bit longer. I feel like we're right at the inflection point. So I do yeah. think that I, there's no way that you could not benefit from having AI come in, but it would be a prioritization thing. I think, like I said, if you don't, if you've got all your receipts and shoe boxes that you take to your accountant every year, you know, maybe get your accounting in order, but AI will impact all of that. Um, the question is how much time is going to go by before AI is just an integrated part of all the things that we do versus its own separate thing. It's kind of like it's its own separate thing right now, but um, but it's also being integrated into major apps like Photoshop and Microsoft Office Suite and things like that. Um, but, but at the same time, could we reduce our copywriting staff by maybe 80% because we have hired, we've got somebody that knows how to work copywriting AI. Yeah. Uh, the CEO of Disney, I think just, I think it was Disney Oh no, or maybe it was Pixar just said that the cost of producing animated films with AI is going to decline by 90%. So like from productivity gains, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. Could you benefit from it? Yes. As long as you've got your other stuff, you know, a little bit together. So, so to me, it's a, it's a little bit harder just because you and I see a lot of businesses that, that really have some very basic things they should probably prioritize, but could they benefit assuming that the AI consultant was actually good and knew what they were doing? I, I can't imagine that they couldn't benefit from it. It reminds me, it just, I, it, it tells me that this is different, um, that, that AI is a big deal yeah. because I remember when everybody felt like they needed to have a, a webmaster 
Yeah. Like every company was like, you need a webmaster. And to your point, I, I, cause back then, like in 1999, I was that webmaster. Yeah. You know, I was the company being hired by literally the lactation consultant. Yep. Um, that was the very, my very first job. I the very first thing I ever had was building a website for a lactation consultant, which when you're 19 years old is freaking awkward, but <laughs> money is money. Yeah. Um, now four kids for the record, respect all the lactation consultants out there and nursing moms. Um, but like, you know, this person felt like I've got to have a website. Yeah. In reality, she didn't. Her clients were all by referrals. Could have been as simple, but it was like, no, I need this like fancy website with all this stuff. And I need to have an e-zine, you know, yeah. which was the very first like email newsletter. Like, so I remember that phase. Which are hot again I, now, just called newsletters. It's really funny. <laughs> I know. Uh, everything, old, everything old is new again. But like, I didn't see that again until the social media manager. Yeah. And then that was when we saw the next big phase. Yep. Right. And you sort of saw a little bit of a blip when every company felt like they needed to have an app. Uh, and then sort of the open web just got, you know, more and blockchain. You know, now just websites just worked. Yeah. I mean, it, yep. it just it just worked. And so that went away. But there was a time when and everybody again, if you if you knew the Facebooks, you know, you were a kid yep. and, and you were on the Facebooks and Uncle Charlie, who owns a plumbing thing, wasn't he was going to hire you at least as an intern. I'm seeing it again for the first time since that with AI. Agreed. So I think this is going to create a tremendous opportunity for those of you who are early in your career. Um, consultants, if you can be up on this, I think you're going to have an edge. But I will tell you, just like a lot of those, just like that lactation consultant didn't need to hire me as her webmaster, uh, just like tons of companies did not need to hire a social media manager. I think the general advice, like you said, is if you don't see an immediate application, now may not be the time to jump in head first. If you yeah. wait, a few quarters. But but I will also say it was important enough to me. I bought AIFI my business, right? Dot com. Yeah. I was like, that to me, that is a thing. That that will yeah. be just like digital transformation. And and truly it should be part of it, you know, the same, I think. But yeah. uh but you you need that. And and you still need somebody that takes care of your website. Most people have terrible people. So you know, webmaster as not maybe a master of the entire web, but webmaster as the master of your website and social media manager, we hire outside and internal people to do that because it's just too much and it's too specialized for, for us to do and keep on, you know, and, and personally we would rather shoot ourselves than do it. But, um, but also I think that's going to be the case with AI. I think you're going to have to have somebody that, that is going to, if you're not willing to be keeping up with it, you're going to want somebody that is, is able to help you with that. And, and at least that could do an assessment, like an AI assessment of your business and say, where are the opportunities to have productivity and, you know, revenue and profitability gains by implementing AI in the business that that is going to be a big value to, to any business that's actually up and running and, you know, and, and has any people or processes at all. So, Last kind of thing, and then we can, you know, we can close out. I want to be thoughtful of time, but it seemed like when OpenAI first came out, it there was a big question out there about are they going to function kind of kind of like the internet, where they're going to essentially be open, as the name would suggest. We're OpenAI, and we're going to be open, and we're going to let a lot of people build on top of us. Yeah. That's kind of what the World Wide Web and the internet, you know, is, and businesses were built on top of it. Or are they going to be a bit more closed, like what we see with Apple? Right. And where you can have an app store, but it's 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 within their kind of ecosystem. Uh -huh. Right. 
it seems like a lot of businesses who thought that they were building businesses on top of a new internet and AI infrastructure um, are finding out very quickly that, oh, crap, that's not what this at all, what this is at all. You know, in reality, we tried to cozy up, you know, next to Apple and Apple's like toodles. Or I remember the game developers on Facebook when Facebook was wide open and they could have Facebook games. And now Facebook's like, nope, you know, you don't get to do this anymore. So yeah. what does this say about, you know, OpenAI's business model? And what does it say about entrepreneurs who are looking to build businesses on top of some of these I platforms? Think I think that it is always dangerous to build a business based on a single feature, which I would say snap, um, or that, that could quickly be integrated into, into other bigger businesses like Facebook did with stories and, and snap and things like that, 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 uh, that I wouldn't build my future and my business on something that was a feature. And I certainly wouldn't build it on something that was an enhancement to something that exists because the risk of being completely obliterated, like all these guys that were complaining about the, like they were building their business on, you can upload PDFs to chat GPT and we're going to charge you for that. That's a logical to me, product development, product roadmap thing that they're going to do. But if you wanted to build an app, if you wanted to build, um, what is the, uh, ah, what's the big company that, um, Clash of Clans, right? Uh, Clash of yeah. Clans, you can build a multi-billion dollar business on the app store. Just don't build the app store, right? Build the thing that the app store, like I think you have to think about what is the goal of, of OpenAI. The goal of OpenAI, if assuming that it is becoming a profit-oriented company, is let's create effectively an app store that allows people to develop useful things to businesses. Don't develop things for our business. Develop things that will be helpful to other businesses and other people. And I think if if that's the big distinction that you that you take away, then you're likely to be safe and you can build the 50 million or 50 billion dollar startup on that. Look at Roblox, right? So it's just you've got to build value more than just it's obvious that a feature that people want is this, and I'm going to build that feature for Apple. Apple's going to just eat you alive. You know, that's my thought. What yeah. do you think? Yeah, I mean, I, I think the, I think the question you have to, to ask is, do your customers know that they're actually customers of this main platform, right? It, no, there's no question anytime somebody downloads an app from the Apple App Store, they understand that they're an Apple user first and foremost, and that this is an add-on. If you go and download an app from the Shopify store or from one of the, it, like everybody there clearly understands that they first and foremost are a customer of the platform and that something else is additive to it. As long as you're additive, you'll likely be welcome for at least a while until they decide that they want to do that too. Uh, as a lot of the note-taking apps have found out in the yeah. Apple App Store, um, yeah. a lot of the you know, it, different tools in there. I mean, I don't think you're immune from it, but I think you got a shot. Yeah. If what you're trying to do is to build something that is your brand, where you're essentially white labeling the technology of OpenAI or some of these non-open source. Because I mean, it is not open anymore. It is yeah. a for it. I get that it's still structured on a nonprofit. It is a yeah. for-profit. I don't know how they did that. I don't know the legal side behind it's it. It's going to be I'm interesting to, to see it. how that evolves, especially yeah. if they're going to go but, public. 
It's yeah, exactly. It's clearly a for-profit deal. Um, and so that is, that is their motive. And so you've got to know that if you're building on top of that, there's a really good chance that they're either going to shut off the spigot or they're just going to add you as a feature and you're going to be dead. That has been the trend for every single platform that has ever, uh, that has ever existed. So just, that's my, that's my thinking. And I do think that there's a lot of these businesses where it was ultimately the open AI technology that was powering this company, but nobody knew it. Yeah. Bye. Like Jasper. Uh, it'll be interesting what, what, what happens with that. But if, if you are the, so I would say that I would be scared if I was Jasper, because I feel like my business is too dependent on this. And also that, that I was really early on and I think they had a couple billion dollar valuation last time I looked. And, you know, and if I look at what I get out of Jasper, it's not very much. I, I, I can get everything I need and more from OpenAI because, but, but I'm also interested in it and I've spent a lot yeah. of time getting. Yeah. Can I make the bull case for them? Yeah. Um, number one, they, uh, they did raise a lot of capital. So they've got a lot of dry powder to figure stuff out. Number two, um, you're having a lot of, of these large language models that are coming up that, that are relatively open and that are really good. And there's more, there's new ones coming online every day. So you don't have OpenAI as the lone. Um, and I think that's why OpenAI is doing this, by the way. They're realizing that, you know, having the quote unquote best LLM is fleeting. That's not the thing. Yeah, yeah. it's, it's there, there is no moat to be had there. There's yeah. moat to be had um, in all the other areas. And they're, to me, they're, what they're doing right now only proves, you know, proves that point. So if the benefit isn't in the LLM and that's all that you're using, you get your LLMs elsewhere. Now the whole thing is, can you be a co-pilot? I do still think that there's going to be, that there is absolutely a place for, we are the AI co-pilot for this role. Yep. And the roles are going to want their own co-pilots that aren't just them interacting and, and directly engaging. The question becomes, is it the separately branded co-pilot with its own LLM and its own feature set, is that what wins? Or do I just buy a marketing co-pilot on the chat GPT store? You do. Uh, and it gets plugged in. I think whatever happens. the answer is, if I'm Jasper, I'm playing both of those. And they sure. got the cash to do it. I'm yeah. going to build my own. We're going to have an app. You can choose. You can pick. Uh, and so that's why I think for them, they're going to be okay. They raise money at the right time. They also, they just got the new, um, like former head of product at Dropbox isn't their new CEO. So I think they're probably gonna be, uh, I'm not an owner in this company or anything, by the way, I have no stock or anything. Um, and I'm not short in it, but I'm, I'm, less, I'm less positive. Uh, yeah. just, just because I think, it, I think they are effectively a, a grander version of just building a feature on the platform that already exists. So it'll be, it'll be interesting to see. But at the same time, I'm not the Jasper target market. Like, I, I think that if Jasper becomes make copywriting easy and available to the average bear, then it's going to be great. But I just, I feel like a lot of copywriters that are any good at copywriting will be looking at it and go, okay, well, you just laid all of these copywriting frameworks over chat GPT. So it'll be interesting to see what, what do they add that is better? My experience with that and copy.ai and the others that are the major ones, which I've played with, um, was not 
revelatorily better than anything I could get from just using straight chat GPT for my $20 a month, right? For my plus subscription. So it'll be interesting to see, but I definitely think that, um, that that app store is going to be, that's going to be a game changer and we are putting things on the app store. So for experiments, cause we love running these experiments, we will be putting things on the app store, like the thing that, that you and I played with in, uh, in Miami, right? That to me is a, that's a perfect thing for that, for somebody that doesn't want. And, and that's the other thing too, about, um, about prompt engineering is that to get the results that we get, uh, Damon commented on this. He was like, well, read, read me the prompt. And I started reading the prompt. And I'm like, but it's long. It's yeah. like, it's custom instructions. It's full cutting. on both boxes, the max that it will let me do. Plus a extensive prompt that would take 15 minutes to read, you know, it's so, so it's, it, it is. And then when you start looking at the more advanced prompts, they've got weird little squiggly lines and brackets and, you know, things in it that you might not think would be in a plain language kind of, uh, kind of prompt. So, so when we put that together, but we get this amazing result, I think people will be like, yeah, I want that result. And I'm not going to take the time to do that, which, so going back for, for Jasper, if they're on the app store, I think they've, they've got a way better chance. Plus they've got traffic. Look at all the traffic, yeah. you know? So yeah, I think that's, though. I mean, when it, when it, when prompt engineering becomes that and it will, uh, now it's software development, you're going to want to buy apps. You're going to want to buy, buy software because people aren't going to code. And yeah. right now what it looks like to code is the same as, you know, I'm going to go in and I'm going to hard code HTML yeah. to build web pages. Yeah. You know, yeah. it's a, it's already beyond that. And so when you're in the PHP of WordPress, you know, rejiggering yeah. things is like, okay, that, that's, yeah. uh, I, yeah. I don't want to do that. <laughs> yeah. So that, I mean, that's where it's headed. So I, I do think it's, you know, kind of coming full circle in, in where we were, where we were before today, if I owned a company that we weren't actively leveraging AI yet, I thought there were some improvement gains. You know, we had most of our techn technological, we got a CRM. You know, we've we got these different pieces in place. I think I might at this point plan on in Q1 or Q2 yeah. having an AIification initiative. I but agree. I don't know that I'd try to force something before the end of the year. I agree. Yeah. I, I think we're it's it's evolving so rapidly. We're we're just past our first anniversary, right, of this thing being available. Um, and look at all that's happened. And I think that alone is very telling. It's if you're not there you're going to get left behind you, you, in your business, you have to embrace this, whatever the business is, because your business model would very likely be upended by someone else who takes your business from you because they've learned how to do what you do for significantly less. And that's, that's a big deal. So I think, I think it's uh, or, or significantly faster. So I think that's a, uh, I think it's a fun thing to think about. And we are definitely heavy in, on it in all of our businesses. So for what that's worth. So be committed to it, but don't necessarily drop everything you're doing to go into it. It's not going to be the save all. Um, but also if you stick your head in the sand, you got to know your days are numbered. You're going to, in the same way that legacy companies across the board were disrupted by companies that understood, you know, digital and web and social and mobile, uh, the next round of companies will be disrupted because of AI. But at the same time, we're still early, so don't panic just yet. I like it. Yeah, I think that's a good, very good summary. So if we'll you let you know like when to panic. Say again. Yeah, we'll, we'll I'll tell you. They keep listening, and we'll we'll tell them when it's time to panic. Yes, there'll be the episode that's the panic episode. I like. 
<laughs> well, if you guys found this helpful, uh, uh, then we appreciate that. And we are happy to share as we thought, as we think about things. Uh, and if you did, please share it with somebody else and, uh, we'll see you on the next episode of business lunch. Hey, Roland Frazier here. If you're looking for a way to grow your business exponentially, to get more customers and ultimately increase your wealth, there's no faster way to do it than to acquire other businesses that already have the customers, products, services, teams, and media that you want. If you want to double your sales, just acquire a company that has the same sales as yours. It sounds simple, but far too many people end up starting new businesses that fail and forget that they could skip all the hard stuff and just acquire one that already exists. There's a reason why private equity firms, family offices, big companies like Apple, Google, and some of the smartest entrepreneurs on the planet do not start new businesses from scratch. They acquire already successful businesses. And when they do it, they instantly increase their sales, their profits. If they want market share, they increase that. They can get new products and services to offer all instantly. Hey, look, 90% of new businesses fail. 90%. Why not acquire an already successful business and increase your chances of success by 900%? What most people don't realize is you can acquire highly profitable businesses with no money out of your own pocket in pretty much any country in the world, regardless of your credit and without having to go find a bunch of investors or needing any experience. Look, I've been acquiring businesses for over 30 years now, and I cover the whole process in my epic investing strategy training, and I want to give it to you. 100% free. Just visit businesslaunchpodcast.com forward slash epic to get your free access to my epic investing training right now while it's available. Hey, Roland Frazier here. If you're looking for a way to grow your business exponentially, to get more customers and ultimately increase your wealth, there's no faster way to do it than to acquire other businesses that already have the customers, products, services, teams, and media that you want. If you want to double your sales, just acquire a company that has the same sales as yours. It sounds simple, but far too many people end up starting new businesses that fail and forget that they could skip all the hard stuff and just acquire one that already exists. There's a reason why Private equity firms, family offices, big companies like Apple, Google, and some of the smartest entrepreneurs on the planet do not start new businesses from scratch. They acquire already successful businesses. And when they do it, they instantly increase their sales, their profits. If they want market share, they increase that. They can get new products and services to offer all instantly. Hey, look, 90% of new businesses fail. 90%. Why not acquire an already successful business and increase your chances of success by 900%? What most people don't realize is you can acquire highly profitable businesses with no money out of your own pocket in pretty much any country in the world, regardless of your credit and without having to go find a bunch of investors or needing any experience. Look, I've been acquiring businesses for over 30 years now, and I cover the whole process in my epic investing strategy training, and I want to give it to you 100% free. Just visit businesslaunchpodcast.com forward slash epic to get your free access to my epic investing training right now while it's available.